This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Donnello and Max Cohen. This is our initial reaction show. The Fulham's 2-0 victory against QPR in the FA Cup match. Guys, it took extra time. I'll say it again. It took extra time. So I don't know what to think about this. I said this to you off-air. We're, we're just going to share our initial reactions. But, Max, I'm going to start with you. First of all, let's let's talk about this because we're going to lean on Emilio to go through his analysis of the first half because I don't know what was going on with ESPN Plus and we have to talk about this because if you just went on Twitter, you would know this, that we didn't get a chance to see the first half. Now, thankfully, Emilio did a little uh, video with me personally, but, you know, uh, that was on for the last 10 minutes. But what a bummer it was to see, not to see the first half. What are your thoughts about that whole situation with us? Again, it was a... you know, a, a disappointment not to see the first half, but everything that I've uh, saw on Twitter, I, I don't think we missed that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it's frustrating just uh, for the American fans. You know, we, we pay you know five bucks a month, three That's right. plus, and you know, it's it's not a huge amount, but no. when you pay money for a service, you expect it to work. So that was really disappointing. Um, I was on the you know live chat with an employee saying, you know, when's this gonna be fixed? Didn't really get an answer. Mm-hmm. Emilio calls me, Russ calls me. They got the WhatsApp video. I'm like, great. <laughs> for the second half. And then as soon as they called me, I see on my computer screen, ESPN plus is back. So at least it worked out. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah, you're right. Everyone's saying nil, nil. We didn't miss much in that first half no. at all. No. Was, the Hammy and group chat I was in said that as well. They said, yeah, Max, don't worry. <laughs> you, you missed a real boring one. But listen, at the end of the day, we, we got the win. It took us yeah. you know, 120 minutes. That's on one end. It's too long, right? Because you don't want to be playing that in the festive Good period. point. We haven't played a match since Boxing Day, so mm-hmm. maybe not the worst thing for these players to actually get yeah. some first team actual, not just training ground football. Mm-hmm. And we we saw there, Rusty. Uh, it's it's the cop you win, you move on. I'm not going to read too much into it. Yeah. And I think with all the coronavirus outbreak and all mm-hmm. the disruptions, you know, I, I can't be too displeased. It wasn't a great performance, but it's the best you can hope for. I think mm-hmm. in such an uncertain time with with the whole club situation. It's a good point. I'm glad that you brought up the fact that they went so long. Is that a benefit or is that 
going to hurtful in the, in, in the uh, long term? I, I don't know about that. That's actually a good question. Over to you, Emil. Give me your initial reaction, and then, of course, we'll lean on you for the first half analysis. Sure. What are your thoughts about that? And also what Max just brought up. That's a great point. Does this benefit Fulham for playing that long, or does it hurt them? Exactly. And it was nice to see, able to see a game. It's been, you know, like a good couple of weeks. Exactly. Of football. So that was, that was good. You know, I was encouraged, you know, obviously we've had to make some, some changes for obvious reasons because of coronavirus. Some of the players are out. Who knows? We can't speculate, but clearly a number of players who weren't even in the squad today, that will probably indicate who's actually suffering from the virus. But overall, it's given an opportunity to, for the likes of Tet to come back, which was good to see. So Congolo starting as well. So there's, there's still some positives there. Mitrovic played pretty much 120 minutes. So yep. there was some, you know, despite the performance, a lot of it I think is tactical. You know, Scott Parker was saying, look, we've got a reasonably wafer thin squad at the moment who are free from injury. He was he's probably saying, don't push yourselves. You know, be be passive, take your time, be patient. Typical Scott Parker philosophy. There's no need to stretch yourselves and you know pick up a knock. And that, and that for me, I think a lot of it will tactically came from the bench. Okay. To just play a very slow, passive, championship-type game. I think when I was coming to you both... You messaged it, us that. It felt like a championship game from I last week. I agree with that. Grind, you know, keep ball, you know, take a few risks, but don't you know, don't push up too much. I think we could have been a little bit more adventurous at times. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, we got the win. It wasn't pretty. Many will think we didn't deserve the win, but, you know, you, you sometimes have to grind out results, ride your luck, and, you know, come back stronger for it. But... It's, I think it's good that we're still in the cup because it gives fringe players the opportunity to play in the next round. Yeah. While we've got some critical Premier League games coming up. So overall, I'll take the 2-0 win against our local neighbours. You know, there are a few positives there we could, we could talk about in a moment. But, you know, it could be worse. We could have been knocked out by QPR. So I think that's a, that's a, that's a positive in its own right. Yeah, overall, let's not dwell too much on the quality performance. It's, it's a cup game. I'm not, I'm not belittling the FA Cup here, but I love the FA Cup. But at the end of the day, we did what we needed to do. And quality yep. in the end told. Yep, absolutely. All right, Max, back over to you. You kind of shared your thoughts. So let's go to your biggest takeaway from the match. What do you take away from it? And, you know, like you said, there are a few pauses to take away from the match. What do you take away? Yeah, I think first for me is I really hate QPR. You know, I just despise <laughs> them. And, and the fact that we beat them, that, that's the biggest takeaway for me. You know, we, okay. we put them away. They, they were our biggest rivals for a long time, you know, in, in the early 2010s when they're in the Premier League with us for a bit. And it would have been awful really to lose to them um, in, in this manner. So it, it was tighter than I would have liked it to be, but we avoided that embarrassment. And I think one of the other points that people are saying in the comments, which is true, is that, you know, this is obviously kind of a reserve side. Yep. Any changes forced by COVID, but also I think by the fact that it was a cup. I don't think any one player in that side really made an impressive uh, bid to be in the first team. I'd say Joe Bryan played quite well. It was nice I to thought him he did. Back, but yep. Realistically, would anyone displace you know, the likes of Robinson or any of the central midfielders we have now? Not really seeing it. So I think we learned the big lesson, which is that these are the reserves for a reason. You know, they're not yeah. quite up to the Premier League level, but they got they got done in the cup, and that's what matters here. Okay. Over to you, Emilio. I'm gonna share this because you actually messaged us this. <clears throat> I'm not no. saying that this is the biggest takeaway, but I think this is a takeaway. You messaged us that you liked what you saw from Anthony Robinson and Joe Bryan playing together. And I think that's a, a positive to come out of this match. Your thoughts on that and then go to your biggest takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm one of Joe Bryan's biggest critics, you know, but I'll give him, I'll give him applause where he deserves it. I think I thought he's probably one of our better players, if not the best player today for us. I saw when Robinson came on, we had a 
spring in our step. Absolutely. We were lively. That was complimented. Obviously, then we had Cabano, Bobby Duckett over Reed coming on. We had a bit, we had more fresher legs and we looked more dangerous. But then it combined quite well on the left. I thought, you know, Joe Bryan's crossing obviously is, is more, you know, better quality than Robinson. I still believe Robinson's a better quality defensively. I think that goes with that. I think Joe Bryan didn't do enough for me to warrant taking that place over from Anthony Robinson. But them two could, I'd like to see maybe them, try, you know, maybe we try that. Will Scott yes. Park be adventurous in trying that? For one game, maybe against the likes of Chelsea or Man United coming up, one of those big games where maybe we're not expecting to get much, but we can be competitive. And I think we can, if we get some good balls in and get them in the right places, we can we can hurt those two teams. So I think there's, there's an opportunity. That's a good thing that came out for me when Robinson came on because I saw them two complement each other quite well and and sort of linking up nicely as well. That's a good point, Max. What are your thoughts about this? Because we've talked about this several times on mm-hmm. Cottage Talk. We've seen it a little bit with Brian playing with Robinson. I kind of liked it. What do you think about what Emilio said in the upcoming matches? Why not experiment in one match and see if that makes a difference? What are your thoughts about playing them together? I just think it's going to be hard to drop Lookman, in my opinion. Maybe shift Lookman to the right wing. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that could be a solution. But, yeah, if that works, my initial reaction is don't put Lookman on the side, but if you can accommodate him elsewhere in the lineup and you play that combination of Brian and Robinson, that might actually give us a better defensive uh, solidity on that left-hand right. side when you're playing a bigger side. So a better crossing. Work. Yeah. One thing I do want to say about Brian, though, is I really was concerned for his health today. I, I think he very well might have been concussed. Yeah. And that was really That's a great dangerous point. to see yeah. because we'd already used our five subs up. Uh, it seemed that he was kind of forced to go back in. Mm. I really hope he's okay. I pray he's okay, but... When you see a situation, he gets hit in the head, he goes down a couple minutes later, that's just textbook concussion symptoms, and I really hope nothing lasting happens from that. I'm glad that you brought that up because my first thought, again, I'm I'm very sensitive to the situation with head injuries, being here with uh, Taylor Twelman playing for the New England Revolution, who is an advocate. It ended his career, and uh, I don't know if he watched the match, but if he saw that, he probably would have said, what is he still doing in the match? That's a good point. Max, they were out of substitutions. And I don't want that to be a situation where you're concerned about that. Player's health comes first. I'm glad that you brought that up. Emilio, what are your thoughts on that, about about the situation with Joe Brown? It was going through my mind, too. I was thinking maybe he should come out. But, again, then we are down a man. But his safety and his health should come first. Absolutely. And there was a moment where I thought maybe – our medical team should have come out and actually treated him first round rather than he sort of picked himself up and then came back and then got treated the second time around. So, yeah, you know, we don't want to see any, any players hurt or injured. And then I was extremely yeah. worried. And less so, obviously, about the result of the game and more about his welfare. So, right. it's, uh, I think he looked okay because he still played on, you know, still looked attacked and still looked quite lively even after that injury. So, you know, overall, I, I think he'll be okay. It's probably Mitrovic we need to be worried about whether he just felt a slight twinge towards the end. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. He had to earn his money today. He had to play 120 minutes. You know, didn't have... Yeah, at times he could have done better, but overall, there were some good moments from him. And I like to think maybe he... You know, he should... I know, maybe not today's not the show to talk about it, whether he should be sold or not, but it's uh, at the end of the day, we need... If he's the only proven goal scorer that we have, you know, then we need to be thinking about retaining him and adding some more depth in that team. Okay, very good. I'm glad that you mentioned this. We might as well talk about it now. Over to you, Max, your thoughts on what Emilio just shared about Mitra? I was going to talk about this later, but since we were just mm-hmm. mentioning about from Emilio, what are your thoughts about that? He played, again, the entire match, but we noticed uh, he come up just a little lame at one point. It looked like he might have uh, 
something to do maybe with a hamstring. I, I don't want to speculate. I shouldn't have even say hamstring, but it looked like he came up lame a little bit and then struggled near the end of the match. What, what are your thoughts about all that? I didn't actually you know, see that incident that closely, but what I would say about extra time is he had a really nice setup for Decade over Reed's goal. Mm-hmm. No, he did. That was something we mentioned way back in the West Brown match when he had the two assists for the goals. You know, Maybe he's being more of a facilitator rather than a goal scorer, but it was just a really nice layoff in terms of how he just scooped it back to him on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's you know shout out the goal scorers, Decade over Reed with a really yep. nice finish. Mm-hmm. And Cabano with a great kind of sliced outside of his right foot, really nice in the, in the top right-hand corner. So those two players are impressive. But Mitrovic, 120 minutes against, you know, poor championship mm. opposition, right? QPR, what, 20th in the league, I think. He didn't, he didn't look like the Mitrovic. We knew it reminded me of the Sheffield United match where he had opportunities and just mm. couldn't convert. Yeah, and I think I heard the, the commentator say something like 12 matches. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even know it was that long. When you put it that way, it's, it's worrying. Um, and I'd love to hear a larger discussion of whether what we should do with him in January. I don't really have a set opinion. If you ask me, I'd probably lean towards keeping him, but mm. something's not right. And people in the comments saying, you know, unfit, disinterested, you know, yep. maybe overweight. Don't know if that's harsh. Again, the big thing for me, though, you know, after the New Year's Eve thing, you know, New Year's Day with the whole violating the COVID rules. So he's back in the lineup, Yep. but no captain's arm man. It went to Reem. I think that's a signal from Parker. What I I might have gone a bit stronger though, because I think he really set a poor example to the squad. Start starting him, I don't know if that's sending the wrong message, but hope Parker said he apologized, right? So that's good enough for me. But he's obviously no longer going to be a vice captain. So mm-hmm. that's, that's interesting. Was, yeah, we mentioned that in the, when I was speaking to Russ in the first half, you know, Reem having a captaincy today. That's that's quite telling as well. Yes. And, you know, so why would Re- if so again of, of the two fringe players, they're both you know both bench players at the moment. The fact that Reem was deemed to be more of a captain's material than Mitrovic, that's that's quite telling as well. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I, I remember you saying that, and I'm like, well, that's kind of a, a big deal, Emilio. You know, and again, uh, last night when we did the show, and uh, Giannis and I talked about the type of penalty that he should have, and, th- and that we've been told from Scott Parker that it's been handled internally, the mm-hmm. situation. I'm thinking maybe that has something to do with with uh, the situation with him. I could be wrong, but why else wouldn't he not be captain over Tim Ream? Yeah, interesting. So it's, you know, there's going to be a lot of speculation whether he's he's going to still be at the club. Obviously, he does look disinterested. He doesn't look 100% fit. But let's be clear, he's not been, 100, he's not been 100% fit since the championship season returned. Yep. Let's be clear, up to last March, he was fine banging the goals. Come June time, he was a different player. So it's... Let's be clear, it's those last nine games of the season and subsequently in the Premier League that he's, he's been struggling. So yeah. he's still mid-20s, you know, he just needs to, if we can coach him, love him, support him, get him out of this rut. You know, at the end of the day, he, what service did he have today? I think he had one, one guilt-edged chance in the first half where he should have done better. But overall, I think this is what we keep saying week in, week out. Our, yep. Where's our quality of service? This, this is our, our comment from Steve. That's, that's the reason why we're not scoring goals. We don't necessarily always look troubled defensively, even though QPR, you know, if this was a Premier League team, we would have lost three or four nil today because QPR had, had so many guilt-head chances. But where was the quality to our to our forwards today? Where's the quality through the midfield? Loftus-Cheek was missing most of the match. Yep. We didn't have the pace and, you know, the the, the excitement of, of a lookman. So to be honest, it's, I'm not going to criticise Mitrovic because other than that sort of guilt-head chance, he tried to get involved. You know, maybe one touch, 
two, one or two touches too many. But he was trying to get involved. He was trying to do his best in the absence of any quality delivery to him throughout the game. So I think it's, I think that's we should we should you know focus on the lack of quality from midfield rather than the poor contribution from Mitrovic. Okay, very good. All right, coming up next, we're going to get Emilio's analysis of the first half. We'll talk a little bit about the second half, and then, of course, we'll end with talking about the two goals that uh, push Fulham forward in the FA Cup. Okay, Emilio, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Give me your analysis of of the first half. You know, uh, thank you for uh, helping me out at the end of the first half, but it sounds like I didn't miss much. No, there's very little to say, unfortunately. I think there was a warning sign within the first couple of minutes when QPR started brightly. They had a corner and... To be honest, free header. You, you know, any team should be scoring from that position. Yeah. So we we rode our luck then, and it took us a good 10, 10 plus minutes just to get into the game. We looked very, very rusty. Play. I think I'm struggling to see what system we were playing at times. It's like what you know, players returning from injury, other players playing a slightly different position to where they've been playing the last couple of months or so. So it looked a little bit, I don't know, a little, little bit fragmented. The setup and structure of the team and, and players were trying, were struggling to have a connection and rapport with each other. But we slowly grow into the game, but you know, we didn't really create anything of note. You know, Cavalero maybe should have done better on the edge of the box. I think he shot way over when he he should he had more time. Yep. Um, Onuma, if I remember, had a, you know had an opportunity to actually lay the ball onto Mitrovic. He said he tried to be placed place the ball in the bottom corner. Very very tame shot, to be honest. Joe Bryan's probably his, his sort of chip. He saw the goalkeeper out of his out of his line. Yeah, had a beautiful, you know, delightful chip, which what maybe a yard out, yard wide, to be honest, and and that was really. And Mitrovic has missed, you know, into injury time in the first half. We maybe should have hit the target, probably should have scored there. They were really the only contributions of note in that first half. But overall, you know, it was a, even Stevens' first half. But there were a few warning signs. QPR, anything you could argue, they looked yeah. a little more dangerous in the first half of that half. But then we grew into the game, and if anything, if there's going to be a, a, a team story, it's probably more likely to be Fulham. Okay, very good. And uh, I want to give a huge shout-out to Gentlemen Jim and Jamie, who I listen to all the time anyways, but it was nice to actually listen to their commentary while I waited for this stream to work, Max. You know, you and I struggle with that, and, and uh, others here in the United States do not have the stream until the second half. So over to you, Max. I gave Emilio the first half. Anything better in the second half before we talk about extra time? <laughs> I think for the first, you know, 10, 15 odd minutes, we actually had more possession, looked more authoritative, yeah. looked like we're actually putting our foot from the gas and pressuring them. But, you know, nothing super clear mm-hmm. cut or, or anything that was really troubled the keeper too much. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of grew into the match and they really had a couple opportunities later on in that second half to win it. I think Rodak was impressive. Fair play to him. He hasn't gotten yes. a look in all season well. since the first match. It's not easy to come off the bench like that as a keeper being a deputy, but. I think he was excellent today. Um, there were some rumors, you know, Fabry might have started, but he was only on the bench. Uh, and then, yeah, he, he saved us at the end. There are a couple. I think there was a one breakaway when Cavalero had it in the second half, where he just it's just no composure, and that's another one where there's no confidence at all. It's really worrying. So if this isn't you know a plea to help to Tony Khan, you know, look at our first, our only two recognized. I mean, there's only one recognized striker. It's Mitrovic. Only one. Score. And then yeah. Cavalier is a guy the, who's yeah. playing that false nine, and he's completely devoid of any sort of goal scoring form. We need somebody that that's made clear. And the other thing I want to say quickly about the second half, or just the match in general, is Loftus Cheek. This is a match he should be bossing. You know, this is lower lower league opposition. You're playing in your midfield role. You're at the heart of the team. 
make something happen, and it just didn't. It didn't work for him. And I'll put my hands up. I was wrong. He looks the part. He's yeah. just not acting no, he, the part. It doesn't look. Yeah, I don't even think he looks the part. Russ. I mean, when he signed him, I was like, this might be the best signing we've made in a long time. I was yeah. so excited about him. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever been more wrong about a player, which is uh, very humbling. Okay. But he, he's just not at it at the moment. I don't know what needs no. to change with him. No, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if it's still that he's still coming back from the injury, you know, and I don't want to give him a pass on that, but he's certainly not the player that we saw at Chelsea. We saw when he played at Crystal Palace, he's not that guy yet. Or, or is this who he is now? I I don't know. I I don't have the answer, but it's just certainly not clicking for him so far at full. Okay, guys, let's finish up with talking about the goals in extra time. And uh, Emilio, you know, before we do that, we've already talked, we briefly talked about it, but you, you talked about, the addition of Anthony Robinson, but Dennis Odoi came on. Let's talk about the substitutions. Do you think they ultimately made the difference in the, in the uh, extra time? Yeah, I think so. I think it's. Uh, I still believe that it was it was tactical from Parker just to keep it steady for the ninety, you know, for the ninety minutes. Try to grind out a, an opening. Don't yeah. push yourselves too hard. You don't want to get any injuries in the way for thin squad. So that for me was tactical. You know, you can blame the players for not being adventurous, not, but that's coming from the bench. That's not coming from the players. That that was instructions. Play safe, don't risk. And then in the second half, we we had a bit of more, obviously, more quality on the bench, and that made a difference. We had Cabano, Bobby Reed, and Andy Robinson, three very pacey players. That that that, that stretched QPR, to be honest. And the, and the, that was a difference for me. That the quality told in the end. We had to step up. It was either thirty minutes or, and penalties, or kill the game off and go into the next round of the cup. So uh, again, it's 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 tactical the way yep. that you know, people think. Well. The players didn't step up today, but it's that's the way Parker wants to play. We have to we have to appreciate that. You know, See, that- I agree with that. I actually agree with uh, what you're saying because I, I think this was by design. Oh. And uh, before I go on any further, I want to share this, Amelia. I don't know if you saw this in the comment section. Hi from Italy Cottages. I just thought I would share that with you. Ciao, Leonardo. Nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely want to share that with you. Max. Over to you. What are your thoughts about? Emilio's uh, take that this was really tactical. The way that we were set up and the way that we played in this match, it w- looked like us from last season. I'm glad that Emilio mentioned that. It just seemed like the, it was a controlled performance for the most part. But then, again, things opened up in um, extra time. We'll talk about the goals in just a second. But I want, want to get your thoughts on what Emilio just shared. agree with that. And I think a lot of it is because it had to be controlled. You know, we hadn't trained properly you know yep. for the amount of time we would have been used to players are still out with covid there's that uncertainty lack of cohesion that makes sense right yeah um and people said this in the comments as well is that we couldn't have played a free-flowing or really how we wanted to play perhaps just because we didn't have that at our disposal so i think a lot of players. this match really has to be viewed through i think the coronavirus yep. outbreak you know that not only does it affect us with no training but i think that affects them mentally you know Having that, you know, feel like, do I have it? Does one of my really good teammates have it? Is yep. that going to affect us later down the road? You know, we have it together. Yeah, psychologically for sure. Yeah. So That's I think that led, led to a lot of the kind of lack of togetherness and the, the team just didn't look sharp, but that's understandable. Absolutely. But I'm glad that you mentioned that because I was mentioning this to Emilio off air that this is something that we're going to have to watch, even going into the Chelsea match and the Manchester United match. How are they going to? react from coming out of this COVID-19 situation. We don't know. I know what I've seen from other sports. And again, it affects everyone differently. So we'll see how it affects them. But 
I think we're going to be naive to think that there isn't going to be a situation with some of our players coming back from COVID-19, Max. Yeah, and I, part of me, I guess, was maybe a bit surprised this match went on. I think yeah. it has been long enough since, but it was only, what, six days ago that the Burnley match was called yeah. off. So you're still kind of in that window. So I was impressed I went forward and played and, and got this result in the end. Yep. Because what? We, I don't even think we were training until you know, a week from now, six days from now, it's, yep. it's been a very short run up and yep. so much, you know, my main word for this is uncertainty in a relegation battle in in a season when you need everything really to go right to yep. stay up. This just adds so much negativity and you know, uncertainty is the main thing. You don't know what's going to happen. The last thing you need in a relegation battle. I totally agree. And, and this is something that we're going to have to watch guys of being honest. Milo, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, same thing again. I think the game had to go ahead today. I think Aston Villa, they're going through a, a similar rut. Derby yep. County, they both played today. So we had no right to call the game off, to be honest. So we've got enough players there to be able to contribute, whether it's fringe players or under 21 players, to be honest. So yep. it's, uh, it's, you know, we need to, we don't want a fixture pile up at the end of the season. Premier League survival, obviously, is the most important thing here. But overall, you know, Dean Traverso, yeah, we won what's all the negativity about. I don't think we're, bit, none of us are being negative on the show. Here. I think we're actually. <laughs> no. We've done the job. We, we did what we exactly. had to do. You know, we, exactly. we had quality in, 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 in extra time, and that made a difference. You know, I thought, you know, we're got, obviously, we're going to talk now about extra time with you know, the, the two goals that we scored, and yep. we, we were looking more threatening. I think we rode our luck going into in the first 90 minutes. That's that guilt edge chance that QPR had in the second half. The fact that we were still goalless, like I said before, is it was, it was, we were fortuitous, but we rode our luck, yep. and the, it made the difference. I think there was good link-up play with Joe Bryan, Yep. Mitch layoff to to Bobby Bobby Reed was fan, you know simple but effective you know you shouldn't underestimate the the equality of that of that layoff to Bobby Reed and Bobby Reed did did you know nice finish in the bottom corner so that effectively broke QPR's hearts as far as I'm concerned it felt like the Brentford game at Wembley didn't it to some extent you know Brentford nil nil at Wembley and suddenly going to extra time we just stepped up a gear yep and, and it, 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 had, it brought that memory I don't know what you thought Max but it sort of brought back that memory <laughs> A local West London team, you know, didn't do much in the first 90 minutes. At times, rode our luck, and then suddenly, killer, when it counted, you know, we stepped up and made that difference. What are your yeah. thoughts there, Max? And, and then let's just focus on the goals. I want to get your thoughts on Bobby Decadover, Reed's goal, and then you've already talked a little bit about Cabana's goal. Nice yeah. goal. Well, I was a lot more nervous uh, and there's a Wembley match than today, but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, the, the decade over goal was actually really well worked. I think it's actually Robinson who brings it up off yep. the left wing from that you know left back position and, and puts the ball in. And I'm actually really impressed by Bobby here because it's deflected. You know, it takes an odd bounce. Yep. He tracks it all the way, controls it, plays it to Mitro, and is obviously very positive. I love when players do this. You know, you pass and move. You move off the ball, set yourself up for that one-two. And to hit that first time, keep it low right into the bottom corner, it's a great finish. That really cannot be stated enough is how impressive that is. So often, I mean, we've seen it multiple times during this very match. Yep. Players lean back, just hit it, Rosehead. Reality, the best thing to do is kind of stroke it, compose into the bottom corner. And that could overread. He's been our best finisher this year, top scorer, and oh, that showed. Absolutely. And finally, let's talk about the goal from um, Niskins Cabano, Emilio, to finish this off. Yeah, again, QPR, obviously, they're all trying to push but I think we always look more quality I think we we had a lot more and what was the possession stats and that's in that's in that extra time period I'd like to see that I haven't seen it myself but I haven't seen it yet we, we dominate let's be honest we did dominate with the quality and you know Cabano did again a championship type of finish you know how many times did we 
we just killed games off late on last season. Just felt exactly, just replicated a championship match for me. He did what he needed to do. Good finish. You know, 2 0. Thank you very much. QPR dead and buried. But, uh, but again, I agree with Max's point. How many players that are fringe players warranted a starting like that position? I can't see any. Maybe Joe Bryan potentially. Maybe. I think Tete, I think, will start. I think Tete yeah. has made a court shout for him to start in his, his accustomed position. And maybe Bobby Reid will play more offensively. That's potentially an option against Chelsea. I think, you know, if we're going to beat, have a chance to beat Chelsea next week, then we need to be uh, more prominent up front. You know, we can't just sit back and, and and defend for 90 minutes. We've got to take a few more risks and chances. So I think Tete will probably slot back into defence and maybe Bobby Reid going up forward. That's just my gut feel, but let's see. Okay. Great show, guys. I'm looking forward to Chelsea. I'm going to say it right now. Bring on Chelsea. <laughs> Emilio, bring on Chelsea. Your thoughts, and then we'll wrap this up. You know, they're... This is my note. Look how much money they spent. They're struggling. You know, their manager's under, under pressure. This Why not? Happen. Why can't we get a result? I'll say it right now. Why can't we? Why can't we get a result? If we if we play like we've done the last three or four weeks, we won't win. You know, then I'm going to see where the goal is going to come from. We may not lose the game, but it's where, where's that quality? For me, it's all about the midfield. Where is that, where's that intelligent quality in the midfield? You know, and today as well, the final ball at times. Cavalera, awful. He's just, just get him off the front, start put him on the bench for goodness yeah. sake. It's just it's that quality ball. Look up, pass to feet. Don't just hoof the ball up, hoof the ball away. It's just it's just that's that's disappointing for me today. I think against a very, very poor QBR side, our final ball is just not good enough. And that's been the story of the last few games. You know, although we're not losing games, we haven't got that enough quality. And and it's Chris Davison, Mitrovic was awful. Get rid. <laughs> okay, I think it's uh, who would you bring in then? Tom Kearney hasn't been much better for time this season, but we let's have that conversation for another yeah. day. Yeah, absolutely. We can, you know, we've got we've got keep it tight against Chelsea. Yep. We need to look more dangerous offensive and need to get better quality midfield. And maybe maybe if Tom's fit, maybe Tom can Chris Davidson we can see Tom Kearney pull the strings next week against Chelsea. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. We'll we can do a, we can do a job on Chelsea. See, yeah. I I agree with that. Max, I'll give you the final world. Final world, final word. There's a Goldman for you on Chelsea. Your thoughts? They're not playing well at the moment. We should fancy ourselves to get a result. You know, look how we put against Liverpool. We need to follow that blueprint in terms of putting them under pressure early. It's we shouldn't be scared of any of the big sides, no. and that's how I felt. You know, before the Spurs game was called off, is that we shouldn't be scared of them either. Nope. We've shown we can rattle big teams, and the Premier League this year is very wide open. You know, why not go there and, and put them under pressure? Okay, great. And my final word is this, because there's been a lot of criticism of Fulham from Burnley supporters, from Tottenham supporters. And I'll just ask these supporters that have been very critical of Fulham just this question. Would you, how would you have felt if one of your players got COVID-19? You, you wouldn't like that. And I think Fulham took the right action because as we learned that um, Fulham had positive tests after that Tottenham match was supposed to happen. They did the right thing. So I'm just going to say this to the Burnley supporters and Tottenham supporters: just shut up, just shut <laughs> up, and put and put and put safety first. That's all I'm going to say. Just shut up. That's going to be my final thought. All right, great show, guys. We do have to wrap this up for Emilio Danello and Mad Max Cohen. I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. 
Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.